Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to another episode of Double Take. Today, we have a special episode planned where John and I will go through our 2020 NBA awards. This is, we've been playing this for a while, actually. Um, we've been trying to do it. We, we, we've been pushing it off. Once the bubble started, we knew it was going to be tough to fit this one in because there were so many other topics that we wanted to talk about. Um, and so we didn't get to it. Of course, one of them being... Last night, the Miami Heat smacked Indiana Pacers in the rematch where we saw Jimmy Butler take on TJ Warren. TJ Warren was super hot, and he slowed down Jimmy Butler. He's no longer the bubble MVP. No, not anymore. I say we give it to Jimmy now that, that Jimmy uh, took this thrown away. I mean, I'm cool with that. No, but I guess really who it should be, John, is Devin Booker, who today – 7-0, I, Phoenix Suns right now. Yeah, 7-0 Suns. The hottest team in the bubble. And then he he dropped thirty five, and he he became the 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 Phoenix Sun who has the most thirty point games all time. Which well, seems kind of crazy. He had thirty five back to back to back right against the Heat, uh, against who was their sixth win? I forgot who was. And then OKC, OKC, yeah, OKC at thirty five again, and then today again thirty five. Yeah. But in addition uh, to the Heat winning, that was your uh, safe bet, Alex, which of course was correct. Yeah, My safe right. bet also just paid out today. I took Celtics minus four and a half versus the Grizzlies. So both of us right now are one and one. Both of us lost our first bet on the second one. We won't do another safe bet today, um, but we will on our next episode. So stay tuned for those safe picks for all you betters out there. Yeah. But of course, like I said, we're going to do NBA awards. So we're going to do MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, we're going to also, oh, I forgot. Actually, we're going to do our all NBA teams after our MVPs. Then we're going to do Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, Sixth Man of the Year, and that will do it. Um, but let's start off with the biggest one. We've talked about this a little bit here and there in a couple of the past episodes that we've done. But, um, John, who is the 2019-2020 NBA MVP this season? Give me the All argument. right, so this has obviously been covered a lot already, and I guess we are late to the game in that because everyone was covering it right before the bubble happened because – they said the bubble will not factor in at all for these for the voters, right? So, yeah. but, you know, Alex and I, when we had our back to the season um, or back to the bubble, I guess, NBA, you know, start episode, I talked about how going into the MVP thing, you know, that LeBron was just closing the gap and there was 20 games up in the season. And then, of course, March 11th hits, that Rudy Gobert game will always uh, – that will go down in infamy. <laughs> we'll always remember as that, like, Corona game where the league stopped. Uh, happened and obviously that conversation ended and I said listen if the Lakers have a really strong you know eight games and the Bucks kind of rest Giannis and whatever then I could see the voters wanting to give it to LeBron we still are going to see voters give it to LeBron however because those eight games don't count and because I mean even if you did count well him, LeBron I would have he might have instead of jumping at one he might have fallen to three with the way he played I mean yeah well we don't need against that but Bottom line, the eight <laughs> games d- didn't count. Yeah, so whatever. Didn't count. So unfortunately, you know, it, it pains me to say this because I'm the biggest LeBron guy and I, I want to see LeBron winning MVPs. And if it's close enough, even if, if someone is up on him by a little bit, like I'll give 2018 as an example, Harden won that MVP. But I would say LeBron was that season, right? Because it was close enough where I could make the argument. I just can't believe I'm saying it, but it's really just not even close enough. Giannis ran away with it. He and it, I hate to say it, but it wasn't even close. It should, yeah, it shouldn't be. I'll be, I, I'm gonna be shocked when we see that like LeBron got however many votes as he's gonna get. Yes, he's and, gonna get, he's gonna get some. 
But you know what? That's that is to say he should because I would like Giannis. This is a unanimous MVP caliber season, but it's not as much about how great your season is for being unanimous. It's about how much better were you than the guy who was in second place. And he wasn't unanimously better, but he was like the unanimous MVP. If that even makes sense, I guess, you know? to me it's always it's always usually clear cut. Last year was a different situation, but well, whatever with Harden yeah. and with Harden and, averaging like thirty six, right? Yeah. But oh, just quickly to go by the numbers, Giannis led his team to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, obviously in the NBA, the right in the NBA. And before the bubble, the record was fifty three and twelve, and they had the number one seed in the East by six games. And they were on about like a you know a, a, you know a mid sixties win pace, which is like you know what all time. Right, like sixty six games. 67. Yeah, about just about, which is what the twenty. They were close to seventy earlier in the year. Yeah, the they were. It was a question: can the Lakers or can the Bucks do it? And obviously, everyone learned from the Warriors' mistake. No one's going to go after that in the regular season. They rested their guys. They lost some games to not great teams, but just by the numbers, Giannis averaged twenty nine point six, thirteen point seven rebounds. 5.8 assists with one block, one steal. And um, Jeez. he was – but this is, this is the number one thing here. And this is why, you know, that, that seems like, oh, 30 and, you know, f- you know nearly, nearly 14. 30, it's basically 30, 14, and 6. I mean, right. who's done that? Like, no this one. Is, this is the, where it just gets ridiculous, okay? Giannis played only 30.9 minutes per game, okay? So, about 31 minutes. LeBron was at 35.9, so that's 36 minutes per game. Wow. But if you bump Giannis's minutes up to per, th- like to per 36, which would be – His stats. His stats to per 36, stats. you're saying. If you, if you bump his stats to per 36 minutes, okay? So that's saying that he would play – there's 48 minutes in a game. You're saying he plays 75% of that game. His numbers go to 34.5 points per game, 16 rebounds per game, and 6.7 assists per game, okay? 35 and 16 rebounds. Like – that's unreal. Yeah. And the only reason he wasn't doing that is because he they were blowing teams up by so much. Ended up having he didn't end up he didn't need to to stay in the game yeah. later. So the thing is, there is like he was just so dominant, and and it's like it's not like he's playing with you know Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, or he's not Steph Curry, or he's not Kevin Durant playing with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, yeah. Draymond Green, and, and you know, he has a, a good coach, solid proven coach. He has good role players around him. But this is really just a system that is all around him. And if you pluck him out, he's the nucleus, obviously. You take him out, that team, I, I would still say, because they're, they're – Yeah, they're in, they make, they'd make the playoffs. They make the playoffs. They're definitely a bottom-tier playoff team. They're, they make the playoffs. They're probably about an eight seed because they still got shooters and a good enough coach and whatever. But the fact is that they revolve around him so much without having, like, a really strong, solid number two. Like, we give it a Middleton. Bledsoe's probably uses the ball a little bit more, but – I, it's got to be honest, as much as I love LeBron. And then one more crazy stat that I have to throw out there was why Giannis is the runaway MVP. So before this season, if you took the top 11, I'm sorry, top, uh, no, I'll say this, top 12 player efficiency ratings, which is, was created by, uh, I think his name is Hollinger. I forget what his first name yeah. is. Tom, like Tom Hollinger. John or Tom or whatever. John, something like that. He worked for ESPN and he created this because he wanted to compile stats in a different way that measured, um, you know, overall players' impact on the game. However, it is a bit of a flawed statistic, like lots, like all statistics. It, I think it kind of values more like rebounding and like you know efficiency. So you'll see guys like, for example, Hassan Whiteside, 
has like very high player efficiency. Yeah, he's had it. And I think Boban Marjanovic is another guy who like he's had right. like in past years, he's, he's been one of the league leaders in his yeah. PER. So it's not a perfect statistic. However, if you look at just like the NBA leading seasons for PER, player All time. Before this season, it, this is the list. Okay, I'll just read down the names. Will Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, LeBron, Michael Jordan, Wilt, LeBron, Steph Curry, which was his 2016 season when they won 73 games, MJ, MJ, LeBron, and then the last one, the number 12 on that list was Giannis's season uh, last year, 2019. Okay. He was an MVP in. Somehow, Giannis is now at the top of that list. 31.85, according to Basketball Reference. Okay, so, so 30- this year he had – so this you're saying this year he had the highest – PER of all time. Of all time. So 31.85, and that was this, this 2020 season, and that's the highest that we've ever seen. And, again, there was 20 games left in the season. You could argue that would have teetered off, maybe. You could argue it would have gotten better. But the fact is, like, you just you see the list. It's a bunch of Michael Jordan seasons, a bunch of LeBron seasons, a bunch of Wilt Chamberlain seasons, just three statistical, you know, dominant dudes, okay? Yeah. And then that one incredible Steph Curry season. And then it's Giannis at the top of that. Yeah, wow. The fact really impressive. That you're going to try and say – I mean, no, I don't think anyone is. But Colin Coward's one guy I've seen. I think Rick Buecher, who's also FS1. It's all these Fox Sports guys who are arguing <laughs> for LeBron. But you can't tell me that Giannis, after doing that, isn't the MVP. And that's the only reason I can't give it to LeBron. Because LeBron, you know what? He had a great all-time number two season. But he was not as great as Giannis. And that's just unfortunate. Yeah. So you gave a great argument for Giannis. That's definitely why Giannis should should win it. This is why both of us, if we had ballots, we would vote for Giannis number I one. I do actually. The NBA sent. Oh yeah, you yeah, yeah. I sent it in. They hooked you I up. Double take Giannis. sports. Yeah, I voted for Giannis. All right, bet, bet, bet. <laughs> so and number two, obviously, is going to be LeBron James. Um, I'm not going to get into his argument too much. Obviously, he's been rejuvenated this season with getting Anthony Davis. He's turned into Point LeBron the way as in, you know this is peak performance Point LeBron. He's he's taking on a very different role, averaging uh, ten and a half assists and then twenty six points a game and about eight rebounds. So he's honestly like pretty close to a triple double, which is really impressive. And he's leading the league in assists. And of course, that Lakers team, um, similar to the Bucks, were on pace for like a like a to to pass sixty, which is. That's a very good season. One of LeBron's best regular seasons ever. Number one team in the West, too. Yeah, number one team in the West. So, LeBron's number two. But then I'm I'm more interested to see how the next couple guys shake out. Because when you look at it, between Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, James Harden, uh, Nikola Jokic, and even Chris Paul, these are all guys who have arguments to make the top five for MVP. And I'm I'm sure we're all going to see how many – we're all going to see how many votes those guys get. But my third player, I would put Harden next. Um, and I want to hear John what you think, but he's averaging 34 points, 34.4 points a game, 6.7 uh, rebounds, and 7.4 assists um, on really good shooting numbers. And he led his team to the four seed in the Western Conference. And I think my initial reaction was not to put Harden at number three. I was like, nope, it's not Harden. He's he's not. But I think it's because we've seen him, and this this is like kind of the story of Harden, who's the only one one MVP in his career where he always does these things where he puts up incredible numbers and has incredible seasons. But we almost, we undervalue it for some reason. And I know this season I'm inherently undervaluing it because of how amazing he was last year. And that became the norm that he was going to drop 40 almost every night. And then this right. season when he wasn't as good, he was a little bit less efficient. Their team wasn't as good. And um, uh, he didn't obviously go on the scoring tear that he did last season to keep his team afloat. 
when they had some injuries. You know, that's why I think I've held it against Harden. But if you look at it and I compare him to the next few guys on the list of guys I just mentioned, I think Harden should be number three. So who would you – or should, do you want me to tell you my four and five too? Or do you, do you want yeah. to give me – Well, no, we're going to do our, our all-and-be after. I'll just say, you know, last year when we were doing – we were still in the WZBC, uh, you know, studio. We would argue back and forth about the MVP. We did that a lot last year. Yeah. And I always went with Harden. And I thought last year – what he did with the Houston team, I thought it was very impressive and it was valuable. And that's something that I think that always needs to be said in the conversation about who's your MVP, who's your most improved, who's your sixth man and all that, because there is a criteria that everyone has that's different. Okay. True. So if you're talking, if your criteria is about who scored the most points, then, you know, it's going to be uh, Harden, right? 34 points a game. However, you can look at, the other seasons that the players had and say, you know what, Giannis was more valuable. Right. And that's, I guess what I'm doing here. And when I, who's your number three, then I'm picking Luca over Harden as number three. And to me, I hate to say it too, but I might be, I might just be engaging in some, you know, Harden fatigue. Like I've seen him do this before. And again, we've talked about this again. We've talked about this lots of times with the MVP narrative and the, NBA as well as the NFL when Lamar Jackson won it um, and even the year before and Pat Mahomes won it this year similarly I just feel like narrative wise I'm, I'm, I want to go with Luca more so and just the breakout year that he had coming off his rookie season you know he was great in his rookie season but he is a top like seven player like I think if you asked a lot of GMs around the league who would they rather have for one season to start the, you know, the season. And we're not talking about longevity because obviously Luke will last longer. But I think they would take Luca, and I think he's more valuable. He's averaging 29, 9-9, and, and he had the same amount of wins when, um, as Harden when the season got ended. So the fact that they were so close and that he's not playing with a guy like Russell Westbrook, you know, for a lot of the season, Chris Epps wasn't really ready to be the, his unicorn self yet. But – he, Luka also led this team to another historical feat similar to Giannis, the number one offensive rating in NBA history, mm-hmm. which is only – they're only um, – or they're right above the 17 – or is it the 18? I'm sorry. It was the 2019 Warriors, Warriors. and the 1987 Showtime Lakers led by Magic Johnson and yeah. Abdul-Jabbar. So it's pretty me, incredible for Luka, right? To me, Luka's just got to be number three there. We've seen Harden already do this, and again, they were similar in win totals but I think Harden seems better. If you swap Here's, those guys out, I think the Rockets got better when they get gained Luka and the Dallas Mavericks got worse if they got Yeah, Harden. I guess that's where I'd probably disagree with you. And I, I do think that you said, you know, you mentioned that Harden had Westbrook. I think that Luka actually probably has a better supporting cast that fits what he does better than um, Harden. Because yeah. Westbrook, I mean, you saw this year, they had a lot of growing pains. They had a lot of things to figure out. And those two guys, obviously two probably top 10 guys in the league if not top 15 um but it's not the perfect fit and they had to figure things out they had to make those trades mid-season so I think um I do give Luca a lot of credit but I want to I would pick Harden over him I also actually don't have Luca next I don't have Luca at number four I have Damian Lillard and here's why here's why listen in this one shout out to Eli Maluhi again because no. you're the guy who who made me really go hard on this Damian bandwagon. And I think Damian's number four. I'm on the bandwagon too, but they didn't win enough. Like, but listen, but listen, this is their lineup. You have Damian, obviously, stud. 
CJ McCollum, great player, no doubt about it. Second best player on the team. But guess what? He doesn't fill Damien's gaps. He does a lot of the same things. He doesn't play defense. And now they go into the season. They're out with, they're without Nurkic. I could argue that Nurkic is the second most valuable player on this team, especially after watching these, these bubble games. Sure. Then, then well, you guess got some who bubble, else Let's say you got some bubble bias towards Damien right now. Well, no. Well, I mean, I made the argument before. You, you remember the text group chat where I was, where I was going after Damien. And, and Eli was saying, dude, they've won 29 games. Like, they're not even in the playoffs. And I'm like, you're right. They're not in the playoffs. But they're, they have a chance to be in the playoffs. They're literally a few games behind. And guess what's going to happen? Everyone would bet probably – they would probably bet money that, that uh, Portland's going to be in the playoffs. And basically, We're what, not taking what it comes down count. to – what it comes down to for me is two things. One, Damian kept – I guess three things. One, Damian kept them afloat all season with, with, through their injuries. Two, he, Damian Lillard had a 12-game span, and I think this is in February, beginning of February, where these are his, his scoring totals. 34, 34, 61, 47, 50, 36, 48, 51, 21, 26, 42, 33. Like, that span is, like, up there with, like, 12. If you look at 12-game spans, I don't have the – So then why is Harden not the MVP? He scored 34 a game. He did it all season long. Because, well, Harden – I have higher. I have Harden higher than Damian. But it's no, not but about, I'm saying – It's not all about scoring. That's – that was Exactly. Let me get to the next it's thing. It's not let all about to, scoring. Let me get to my next thing. Excuse me. I'm not going to hold – Damian had an incredible season this year, and I'm not going to hold – the injuries of Zach Collins and, and Yusuf Nurkic against how great he was this year. He averaged 29, four, and eight assists. He shot 10 threes a game and made 39% of them. The ball is always in his hands. They knew that this, this guy was playing with Mario Hazonia and Hassan Whiteside running pick and rolls. Like, like people knew, like, all you got to do is shut down Damien and this is over. And guess what? So he was chucking up a lot of tough shots too, and he still was shooting 39% from three-point range. Like, like, put some respect on Damien's name. All right. Whatever. Luca, I mean, this season, like, like I said, there's so many great players. Like, Before. I have Luca at number five, and I'm counting out Kawhi. I'm sure people will think I'm wrong for, for not putting Kawhi in my top five, but right, there's been so thing. many greats there. The, You're really teetering on the line of something that's like very important in all these conversations. Like, so how far do you take this? You know, yeah, his team wasn't great, but he was doing everything. So, like, we could look at a guy like Trey Young or Bradley Beal, dudes who are scoring a lot and their teams weren't great. Why aren't they as high? Bradley Beal did something similar well, you know, as There's Damian a huge did. difference. No, no, no. There's Bradley a huge, huge difference between Trey Young and Bradley Beal and Damian. The difference is that, yes, were the Blazers not a great team? No, they were not a great team. because One, because of injuries, not Damian's fault. But the difference between him and those Same guys is that, guess what? They still were in reach of a playoff spot. Bradley Beal no, wasn't. Bradley Beal. He really wasn't, though, John. Yes, he, he really wasn't. And they're in the bubble. Weren't they guess in the bubble? Guess what? They were in the bubble, but guess what? The to get the eight seed, the record that Damien would have had to get would have been was better than what Bradley Beal. That's just fact. Damien would have been closer to five. Bradley Beal could have made the eight seed in the bubble if he came with le, with a way under five hundred record. Damien Lillard has to be very very close to get to five hundred. So so what do you what does that have to do? My point is my point is my point is Damien would have Damien was closer to getting the eight seed and he's probably going to get it than Bradley Beal was. Bradley and Beal would have. Bradley Beal's not in the bubble because he's injured. They would have gotten their eighth. No, they wouldn't have. The Nets have won five of their games. That's all it really had to happen. The, the right. Magic and, and, and they beat the Wizards, too. And the Wizards would have won games, too, as well. They're 0-6 right now. If Beal was in there, they would have won. Listen, we're digressing too much. But the, the point is, the Damian was still 
very, very close to the playoffs, and he's going to get it. Like, that's it. Like, it's, All that's I'm saying is you're getting they on a two games behind. Slope. Bradley Beal is like five games behind. You're getting on a slippery slope. I guess if we're going to go more down the line, why don't we go to our All-NBA teams now? Yeah, go ahead. So I'll give you – Shredders, you want me to give you my rundown? Yeah. I mean, we, listen, I think it's, it's – I mean, I guess there's a few things you disagreed on there, clearly. But I think it's pretty, you know, subjective for the first five to ten guys, I would say. Yeah. I mean so – I'm sorry, Luka, objective. Objective, yeah, sure. So, of course, you know what, I'll just go I'll, – I'll go in order. So Giannis, of course, is making the All-NBA first team. LeBron is making the first team. I have Harden as one of my guards, and I have Luca as the other guard. Um even though I had Damian more valuable, it's a value award. I had Damian more valuable than Luca. Um, and Luca, so I have Harden and Luca as the guards. That is I have LeBron sense. and Giannis as the forwards. And then Davis is the center that I had. I guess that maybe is one that you could argue more with because you could look at a guy like Jokic, who is a, was a top yeah, well, three seed in the what West. I, did. I, I actually had Jokic, and I didn't watch the scene much during the season. But unfortunately, maybe I am being a little bit biased on the bubble, but I'm, I'm actually not, and I'll explain why. Mm-hmm. I watched them, and they were incredible. And obviously, Jokic has lost the weight, and that's not being factored in. But I watched the game against the Jazz, and they looked great, that team. And sim- it's similar to what I see with the Bucks as they're formed around um, Giannis, it's to a much softer extent. But this team is really formed with shooters around Jokic. And the way that he makes plays – being a big man, it's like he got compared to Larry Bird the other day, and like yeah, that I was a like, little weird in my opinion. But anyway, well, and, and Jalen yeah, Rose think it comes back to the white. I think everyone wants to compare the the good white players who I guess they can pass too. So sure, who can so, pass to, to to Larry Bird? Like yeah, sure. But Jalen Rose, who you know was he's a big Larry Bird guy, and he he played for Larry Bird uh, on the Pacers after I think it was like the ESPN halftime thing, whatever, or TNT, whichever station he works for. No, he's he was explaining well. Big guy, you know, can stand on top of the post, make the passes, you know, can shoot, whatever. And obviously different positions. And, um, you know, Bird was a much more agile player who moved more. But you can definitely see where, where the comparison is coming from, just the way he makes plays as a big man. And I really think you look at that team, being the number three seed in the West, like coming in, if you're talking about sheer star power, you could look, all right, LeBron, AD, and the – and the Lakers, obviously, the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. Then you look at the Rockets. You, they have two MVPs on their team. You go down the line, you know, you see the Jazz and obviously teams like the Blazers who have guys like Lillard. Yeah, like a lot of those teams have, have multiple All-Stars. But multiple All-Stars. And this team's not very flashy. Murray had a, was a, is great and had a great but season. But he's not an All-Star. He's not their, an All-Star. Their so. role players did very well. But for that reason, just because to me, Davis is like, you know, playing him with LeBron and the Lakers and, you know – not to say that their role players aren't as good, but I guess it's just the LeBron factor. Because if Jokic is playing with LeBron, I don't know. Is that team better? I don't know. We don't even get to get into that. Mm-hmm. But to me, I just think Jokic, better season. So he's on my top five. Yeah, I guess the reason I put Davis is I do value the, what the Lakers have done over – or I guess I value what Davis has done with the Lakers, although he does have LeBron, more than what, I, what Jokic has done. And it's, it's close, no doubt about it. Like, like I'm, not, I'm not, you know, I don't think it's definitely – Davis runaway, but yeah. I picked Davis because um, this team, like especially now, we're seeing in the bubble. So I don't know. I don't think this is bubble bias. Like this, I made my list before the bubble, but especially we're seeing now as, as they get a few injuries and a few guys have left the bubble, whatever. The Lakers team is really LeBron and Davis, and then it's like, who's next? We're not really sure who's gonna hit that 
the game-winning three the other day. But, yeah, like, D- it could have been anyone. Danny Green has been not too great. Like, you're really depending on a bunch of just just a bunch of dudes to, like, to be your role players. They don't really have any studs off the bench or, or other than Davis and LeBron, in my opinion. Not to say these guys can't perform. Like, they, they each are capable of having, uh, you know, great nights and, and going off. Uh, like, like we saw Kuzma, he just hit a game winner. But right. I still think that Davis and LeBron are really just what's keeping this team afloat, obviously. And I think Davis doesn't get enough credit just because he's, which is because he's playing with LeBron. So, yeah. and I also think LeBron is amazing, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's both of them. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'll read my second team now. So I had at the guards, CP3 and Dame. Okay. We already there. talked about Dame. Dame had a great season. CP3, though. On Oklahoma City, we started the season off, and I was like, oh, I wonder who's going to get traded to. And I thought, like, him wearing an OKC Thunder jersey, I thought it was, like, a meme. I was like, this is hilarious. Like, I can't even believe he showed up to, like, the photo day. <laughs> and I'm seriously impressed. Like, he really was like, you know what? I got traded to this team. It's, he didn't pull an Andre Iguodala, who, even though Andre Iguodala is a heat player, I still, like, have zero respect. And he has the same birthday as us. I still have, like, <laughs> no, no respect for this guy. And just for what he did with the Grizzlies, saying forcing the trade out, saying he didn't want to play with all these young guys. Chris Paul's a much better player and is a star player and has less. And he guess what? He left his ego at the door. He didn't care. He said, and "Listen, I'm here to play basketball." Any, and he's never won any championships, but Iguodala has done that. So Chris That's Paul true. really said, "Make a lot know, of great points." I'll take Shea under my wing. I'll take Schroeder under my wing. I'll you know I'll throw some lobs to Adams and I'll, I'll have some fun with this team. And I can't believe how good they are. Like. And they were the uh, right now. What seed are they? I mean, it doesn't matter because obviously no, they're the five. They're actually the five right now. Yeah, so they were the five actually going into which the bubble. shocked then, everyone. I I remember before the season, you were someone who's like, yeah, they're gonna they're tanking. They're gonna be terrible. I thought I actually they were said, trying to. I, I actually did say that they. they I I remember. Picks. I thought that they could, they could make a run for the eight seed just based on they had they had a playoff team. The structure of a playoff team. They just traded uh, basically Westbrook and Paul George for SGA and Chris Paul. So it's a, it's a little bit of yeah. a different dynamic there. But I definitely didn't – I wasn't counting on Chris Paul. I also love Chris Paul. So I'm also yeah, really happy to see him for sure. back um, as an all-star. He hasn't been an all-star in a few years. So yeah, and play those that. crunch time minutes with the all-stars in, in that game. Yeah. Was, well, that's – I mean, that's because, you know, he was on Team LeBron. Yeah, so. of course, obviously. But you look at that. <laughs> you, you deserve to if you look yeah, at Yeah, sure. But, yeah, so CP3 Dame. I got Kawhi because Kawhi – you have to put a forward, a two forward. So obviously it was Giannis and LeBron that first team, like you said. Mm-hmm. And then my next forward, I know a lot of people had Tatum here. I gave it to Siakam because okay. agreed. Coming off of a championship team with Kawhi, Kawhi leaving. You know, when I saw the preseason like predictions, some people said the Raptors would be pretty good. I was like, there's no way they're gonna be like you know bottom of the uh, you know the playoffs in the East. I thought they would be behind like you know Miami. The Milwaukee. A lot of people counted them Philly. out. Completely counted them out. Totally. I, I was one of those people. And the fact that he, you know, we could, we're going to talk about most improved pretty soon. He was the most improved player last season, but he honestly had an argument to do it this season. It That's would just be really weird to go from mo- back-to-back most improved yeah, players. Because he went really from averaging sense. 16 points a game, and he went to 23 a game. He's obviously the best Raptor on that team. And right now, obviously, we're not counting the bubble, but they had the third, um, third best record in the league. So... Yeah. Best player on the third best record in the league. I got to give it to, to of Siakam. Of course, no doubt. And then, of course, I finished with Davis because he wasn't on my first team. I had Jokic there. So, Davis was my center on my second So, I – okay, I'm glad we're in agreement there. I'm glad you didn't try to make the case for Tatum. Because I just think with Tatum, it's like – it's still like 
people see him and his in like his they see the best version of him when he's like not like the first half of the season Tatum struggled a lot my yeah. all when we did all-stars I did not think it should that Tatum should have made it I thought uh Jalen oh. Brown was this one of the Celtics that should have made it and and he did at that point maybe well when the voting happened was like after that was right when um right when Tatum had a, a string of games where he was playing really well. And that's when everyone that's was like, it happened. yeah, everyone's like, you're crazy. If you think Brown should make it over Tatum. But anyway, so I do, I mean, you know, I do have Tatum on my third team, but I definitely, I can't believe that some people, and I've seen, you know, on the internet, people are putting him over Siakam. Or, yeah, over or Siakam God. is like, that is, I, I don't know what, I, I got to hear that argument. I mean, I'm the numbers really are identical. It's basically 24 points, seven rebounds, and three and a half assists. But, but just looking at, like, expectations and coming into the year, like, uh, I guess that's why. I, I'm well, kind the of difference is winning. See, I, yeah, you look, at, you look at what and Toronto had. I think Toronto's team is, isn't as, I guess, just on paper talented. If you look down their line, they end up having a lot of good bench players and guys that they've developed from their But they're also just like kind of no names. It's not like people expected them to yeah, be good. It's not the, like the Celtics have, have, have a lot of talent. Right. So to me, uh, you know, Siakam is definitely over him because also their record is much better. So oh, yeah. like, I mean, not much better, but they're, I mean, they, they pulled have a few away. Games. Yeah, they they pulled away games. with that two seed. So I'm giving the nod to Siakam, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then right, who so do let you me give you your third team? Let me give you my third team, John. So... This is where it's going to get a little controversial. I'll start yeah, with the non-controversial tricky. pick. This so, is tricky for me, too. Yeah, so I have Tatum. I did put Tatum there. They're the, the Celtics are still a great team, and, and they deserve to have one of their players on there. Tatum's the, definitely the guy that I'm going to throw on there. It shouldn't be Kemba. It shouldn't be Brown. Um, next, in my other forward, I have – so I have Tatum at forward. I have Chris Middleton at forward. They're a historically great team. Their point differential is top five all time, um, which means something. And, of course – you know, they're the best team in the league. So I think they deserve to have two players. Um, so Chris Middleton is on my third team with Tatum at the forward. Then the next two, I have Jimmy Butler at guard. The Heat needed – we need at least one player. Um, so I have all the th- – I have all those three this Okay, same. good. That's good. So where we can agree on Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, and Tatum. Yeah, you all have guys to put a good team player in there. Have to throw a Celtics player. And you give Middleton the nod just because of the fact they're the, you know, the best team in the league and you got it. It's not just – as much as it is mostly honest, the second best player on that team does deserve the nod. Okay. And so here's where you're probably going to disagree. I know you disagree with this one. I had Westbrook at my, at my other guard position, and I just don't think that you can make a good argument for like real – like I don't know. I know you'll, you'll try to tell me, but let me give you the argument for Westbrook. He's averaging 27, 8, and 7. They're on, he's on – people were very – Early in the season, did not think it was going to work. They didn't have, like I said earlier, they had some growing pains. They had to figure out what they were doing. Um, and the second half of the season, Westbrook had a, had a tear where I think at some point he was averaging like 48 and 8 or something over like a stretch of five games. And Westbrook, the, the, probably the last third of the season, right before um, the, the suspension, he was, really, he was really the guy on that team. Harden was struggling a lot. So I think people don't want to give Westbrook love just because people, of course, Westbrook's a kind of problematic – or not problematic, but he's like – he's a player that not everyone agrees on. Yeah, he's a hot head. Like, I mean, he's kind of a high whatever, and people don't love his style. He's, he's inefficient, which in today's, you know, NBA with, with Maury Ball, no one loves that, which is kind of ironic because he's a guy who traded for Westbrook. But I think, it def- I think Westbrook definitely deserves to be on the team. Just, I mean, just looking at his numbers by themselves, how many guys all time have averaged 27, 8, and 7? Like, that's, that's not an easy stat line to get. Yeah, okay, so, I mean, now, we're, again, we're getting back to this kind of, like, 
numbers versus winning versus whatever. This like he's doing line. both. He's doing and both. I'll explain. So listen, great, great season. You're right. Number point number one. I'm gonna make Harden's the number one guy in on that team, and and I'm gonna just get to the point. I'm taking a guy that is in a similar spot, you know, in the Western Conference, middle of the playoff pack, but he's the number one dude on his team, and what he's doing, I feel like is somehow like so underrated because he did it his rookie season. And this guy's Donovan Mitchell, right? Led his team to the playoffs as a rookie, averaging like 20 points a game, which was like the most, I think, of rookies average since like Carmelo, right? Or like Carmelo or LeBron, one of those guys. And seeing, so like I'm looking at the guards and I'm like, all right, like going down the list, the way I kind of look at the All-NBA teams is, and I don't know how popular pick Mitchell was, we'll see. But yeah, I, kinda I actually don't, I don't see him making it. I think people even take other players before they take Mitchell. Yeah. And I like Ben Simmons, I think is going to get some votes. Yeah, he will. And I like to have a more holistic look at on who I like to reward the winners, you know? So, you know, Butler, the heat are a winning team. I got to put Butler at least on the third team, you know? And like, you just look down the Western conference, the Lakers, we had two guys on the Clippers. We had Kawhi nuggets. We had Jokic rockets, Harden thunder had CP three and then jazz, like, are they not going to have a player? And then Mavericks have one blazers have one. Well, Rudy top- Gobert, a lot of people probably put Rudy Gobert at center. Yeah. Okay, so fine. So people are going to have Gobert. But in my opinion, well, <laughs> we can get to the Gobert pick because I'll just quickly spoil it. I didn't pick him at my center. But okay, for, I didn't for, Oh, really? Okay. So for Mitchell, I love him because to me, before this is before the eight game. So the Rockets right now have a better record. But before the bubble, the, the Jazz had a better record. So for me, the Westbrook, Versus the Mitchell thing, I just think Mitchell more valuable to, to his team and has done more for his team than Westbrook has done. And I but guess I'd still, I'd still no argue fault that. of Westbrook's own because he plays with, I guess, a better team with hard yeah. and whatnot. Sure. But to me, I just I want to reward the Jazz, and I'm I have to put a Jazz player, and I didn't put Gobert because I had at my center for the All NBA third team, Bam Adebayo. Okay, who, go. We agree there. Good. Of course. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Two for two Heat fans, but. Bam's season was just incredible. And going into this year, it was like, oh, like, you know, Butler, Jimmy Butler just jumped to another team, like, of, of young, you know, guys that he's just going to, you know, mess up, get in their heads and, you know, leave and maybe be a dumpster fire again. They don't know like, about that culture, though. Like he did with the Bulls when they were young, like he did with the um, Sixers and with the Timberwolves. But guess what? He didn't. And we ended up being so great. A lot of it's to coaching. A lot of it's Butler. But so much of it was defensively what Bam did. And I also think you could argue that he was, I guess, right after, you know, AD, Giannis, and Gobert. And for Defensive Player of the Year voting, he's probably number four. Yeah, and you, well, you could argue that Bam is just more valuable to our team than Jimmy is, too. Jimmy's missed a, a ton of games. Yeah. And we've been very successful with when Jimmy's played. Our third game of the season, we, we, beat, the Milwaukee, we beat the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee in overtime. And Bam right. was one of the one of the standouts in that game. He had a right, great without game. Butler, of course, yeah. So yeah, to me, I put Bam there. Obviously, I'm a Heat fan. I had to. I'm a homer. I had to go with that one. And I who else? Who else would he have put? Gobert. Like now, nah. Gobert's the argument. I know we're gonna see a lot of you know Gobert, Jokic, and AD at the center position. Mm-hmm. So that's what I had to go with. Yeah. All right. So now we we took spent a lot of time doing those. Hopefully, we can get through these more uh, these picks more rapidly. Next up, we'll go. With the Defensive Player of the Year, Alex, I think this one's kind of clear-cut. Who are you going with? Yeah. So we just mentioned Gobert. He's who I have third. Then I do have Anthony Davis at second. Um, 
The Lakers were third in defensive efficiency. Davis was the anchor of that defense. He, even when they've struggled offensively, the Lakers have been great on defense. And I think a lot of credit goes to Davis. That's why I have Davis said second. Um, and Giannis is who I have at number one. He's going to win the defensive player of the year. Yeah, Milwaukee is the best defensive team in the league. And I think so much of it, we, we, you talked, you mentioned earlier about guys like Jokic and Giannis and how they kind of like the system that their team runs is, is really around those guys. And without those guys, they're nothing. And that, that the case goes with that for Giannis on both ends of the floor, their defense, Giannis is so versatile that he gives them to the ability to really do so much, so much on defense. He can switch onto guards. He can drop back into the paint and block shots. He does so much. In, and, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to um, him for why they had the number one defensive efficiency rating in the, in the league. And then the back, Gobert had won it back to the previous two seasons. Yeah, he could have won three, three back, back to back. Last year they, had, they were eight in defensive rating. The year before they were one. I'm talking about the Jazz. And so it made sense those times. They were both yeah. top 10. They were the first team. They were the first uh, ranked team in defensive rating. But um, this year, they were 14. So oh, Gobert really? drops okay. out. That's why I have Davis at second. Well, you know, I actually – I gave it to Gobert this season because he shut the whole league down. You know, I can't argue with that, John. He did, he did shut the entire <laughs> league down. And maybe nah, – That's my joke. So. Maybe he should get some bubble, bubble award votes for that. Yeah, but. that's – that joke of the episode, I had to throw that one in there. No, that, yeah, that was But, uh, yeah, he would have won three back to – like, that would be very impressive. Last player to do that, I guess, was Dwight Howard. Dwight but Howard. And it's, like, it's like very rare. I don't think – I think Dwight's done it. Has Garnett or Ben like, Wallace? I think it was Ben Wallace did it. He's yeah. done it. But, yeah, yeah I, have, like I have to agree with you there. Giannis, just for how great they were, like, being great on both ends of the floor. I, I do – and, you know what? It's partly a thing, like, I'm rooting for it. And, you know, he is coming to Miami soon, so we're excited for that. But <laughs> – I do want to see him win MVP and defensive player of the year in the same season because he's just a freaking alien. Like, this dude, his massive hands, his wingspan is huge. I mean, he really can defend anyone on the court. And if, like, you know, Kawhi's a great defender. He's won it before. Draymond, I don't think he's as great as everyone thinks he is. But Giannis, is, he's got to win one at least at some point in his career. And I think there's no better time than the, league, uh, yeah. the season where he led the league, you know, and wins. He's going to be the MVP this season. I think it's his year, and I'm giving defensive player of the year to him. No doubt about it. He's definitely – he should win it, and yeah. he, does really, he does a lot of credit for what they're doing. All right, so um, next so, up. Yeah, next up, Coach of the Year, John. Who do you have at Coach of the Year? You can give yes. me your top three. So there's want. a lot of great guys here, and, you know, I think on, like, all of these awards, I'm, like, going to throw some heat guy in there, you know? We really could have a whole – there should be a whole ballot. Like, we yeah. could have at least top three aside, on everything. In aside my from, like, MVP, I guess, right? Yeah, sure. But sure. everything else is like, you know, bam, yeah. rookies, whatever. So this one, I think Spo really overperformed. He's not my coach of the year because there's someone that I think had a more shock factor. And again, like I said earlier, it's really important to talk about criteria here. And when I'm talking about coach of the year, it's almost like a most improved award, I feel like. But like for Well, it's not most improved. It's 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 expectations. Like did a team you didn't think they were gonna do well and they they did a lot better? Because when you look at their roster on paper. A lot of times, people know yeah. what you're going to get with the, those teams. So if right. their teams end up overperforming, it has a lot to yeah. do with the coaching. So, you know, the top three guys that, that got it are Nick Nurse, Billy Donovan, and Mike Budenholzer, which to me, the Bucks, like we kind of knew they were going to be great. So, you know, Giannis, you have the best. He won it last team. year. Like he literally yeah. won it last year. Like how did so, you slip up? They, they, they should have had yeah. Spolstra up there. So the guys that I think that were impressive with Nate McMillan, who 
without all Adiba for a large part of the season, you know, we all thought, oh, they're going to be out of it, but whatever. They were great. They were like very good in the Eastern Conference and they were playing with the top of the, the league uh, or the top of the conference. So they were very good. I think Nate McMillan deserves some votes. Obviously, Spo similarly, but the guy I should give it to is for the most shock value to me is Billy Donovan. Because like I talked about with Chris Paul earlier, what this team, what Oklahoma City Thunder, what they did, like they were not supposed to be this good. And it's just a weird roster. Like, I don't know what you, when you look at, like what exactly do you like think about doing? And they did a lot of weird stuff running with like three guards, you know, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Chris Paul, and Dennis Schroeder. And it was just really weird. And I think just from a coaching perspective, like I got to give it to him. Nick Nurse, another great coach who had a great season. But they were are just coming off of a championship season. They lost Kawhi All and Danny right. Green. They're home. They lost Kawhi and Danny Green, which is crazy. But they still had a very good like playoff roster together, you know. And to me, OKC, like if you told me they were gonna get the number one pick in the draft before the season, I'd been like, oh yeah, that sounds about right. Because we didn't know what to expect. From I wouldn't team. have. But look what happened. They were really good. So, they were like number five in the Western Conference. That's a tough conference, and they were that good. Sure. To me, I'm giving it to Donovan. Sure. Really quick on Billy Donovan, I think I found a comparison with him and Brad Stevens, both young coaches who have come to the NBA from college. Billy Donovan coming from the University of Florida and um, Brad Stevens coming from Butler. Those are guys that we've seen. I've ridiculed Billy Donovan a ton when he had both Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. And so, but so he he didn't do well with like a really talented team and a roster that had a lot of big names on it. But then he's doing very well with a team that didn't have high expectations. We've seen this with Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens came into the league, and within a few seasons, when people still weren't expecting the Celtics to be great, he got them to the playoffs, and he even got them to that one season. They got the one seed when when no one would have expected it. Yeah. Um, and then when he had Kyrie Hayward, or I guess Hayward got injured that season, when he had all these – or no, still last year too. He had Kyrie, Hayward, Brown, and Tatum, and he had all those guys and, and Horford that we thought this team was going to win 65 games. Um, he wasn't able to get the job. So I don't know if it's like a college thing and somehow the way college coaches. These, college, these good college coaches end up doing that. In the it's league. more of like a, like, it's something that like more, maybe it's just they value like it's, the team more or something yeah, it's about. it's team oriented. It's like, like next have, guy like, up and like, it's not yeah, about Westbrook, the superstars and stuff Westbrook, like that. Paul, George, KD. Like when they have these guys or like Kyrie Irving, like it stops the ball. It's more like, you know, something like I remember one of our like middle school basketball coaches would say when we would play like one-on-one, he'd be like, it's that helter-skelter ball. Like, it's kind of what Kyrie does, Westbrook and Paul George KD. And I think it's less coachable for these guys coming out of yeah. college where they can have a team system. And it makes sense why we've seen, you know, Donovan be more successful this yeah. year. So I have Billy Donovan at number two. I have Eric Spolstra at number three. Like, Spolstra, like, are you kidding? Vegas thought we are over under for wins this season was 43 and a half. Like, we were on pace to win over 50 games. Yeah, like, we were not a 500 Spolstra, team at all. Spolstra hit. He never gets enough credit. Like, I feel like every year we're saying this, and he doesn't get enough credit. But whatever, this is the year that he should have been top three, definitely. But I will have to, you know, tip my hat off to Nick Nurse, who is the person that I would pick for coach of the year, because you more than I did, but you especially, really, you didn't think they, this team would be good at all. You're like, they lost Kawhi. It was all Kawhi. Even now, your reluctance to give them uh, I didn't think they'd be credit able- for how good they are. Because oh, you know, they don't have that guy. They don't have Kawhi Leonard yet or anymore, excuse me. Um, and this season, they've had – I think they had the longest win streak of the season where they had that 15-game win streak right before the suspension. I think this was around February, March. Um, and they've really shocked everyone. Wait, wait, everyone wait. really. Did they beat the Miami Heat, though? 
Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, he remember? did beat us in the bubble. Well, they just did. But remember what Jimmy Butler said? It was like someone interviewed him. They're like, are you worried about the Raptors? They've just won 15 games in a row. And he's like, did they beat the Miami Heat? That's and funny. Like, I didn't see no. that. And he was like, all right, Tim, like, don't ask me that That's question. funny. Bro, we were, on, we're so close to being 3-0 against them with this bubble yeah. game. Whatever. Anyway. So we're two and one against them. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give it. You know what? Maybe we should give it to Spolstra instead. But whatever. Sure. Case my case is no one thought they'd be good. Everyone gave all the credit to Kawhi. They came back. They were hungry. They're defending mm-hmm. the title. And right now they're the second team in the um in the East and they're the third. They're the third best record overall. So really yeah. impressive season from the Raptors. Got to give a lot of credit to Nick Nurse. All right. Next up, rookie of the year, Alex. This one's a. Uh, this one should be fairly easy, fairly simple. There's one guy. We both know who it is. Who do you got? So, it's John Morant. I mean, I think at this point, his, se- his rookie season has become underrated just because a lot of people want to focus on Zion, who, not to get too off on a tangent, as I'm trying to give credit to John Morant, Zion should not even make the top five for rookie of the year because if we're not including these eight games, which... No, he's top five. He's not top he's, five. He's not, bro. He, has, he, doesn't, he shouldn't qualify. He well, shouldn't be on the ballot. Who's the fifth guy? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, any, uh, no, no, no. it's not R.J. Barrett. He's... All right, listen. Not R.J., whatever. It isn't, that's not the, the point. The point is this. Zion has played 19 games, which, of is, course. which is less than 23... Excuse me, less than 20% of the season. He's, he's had incredible numbers, no doubt. He's averaging 24, 7, and 2. His shooting, he was shooting near 60%. Like... He had all in those stats with like he came into the league and it's like no player has had their first five games with this amount of points and this shooting percentage since like since like Shaq. So amazing numbers, great season, uh, not Giannis Zion. But guess what? The sample size is still way, 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 way too small. He's not even top five for me. But John Morant is the number one. He shocked everyone. I picked the Grizzlies to win like twenty or twenty-five games this season before the season, and. They really had a chip on their shoulder. Maybe the Andre Iguodala thing came into play and motivated them all. And they were just like, oh, this guy doesn't want to play with us? All right, we'll show you, Iguodala. And John Morant was the guy who led that team fearlessly. And really, if you look back the last 10, 15, 20 years, if you look at, like, really great um, rookie guard seasons, John Morant's right up there. He's up there with um, guys like Derrick Rose, guys like Damian Lillard, who won Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And so John Morant deserves a ton of credit. Then I gave yeah. credit to a playoff to, team for sure. Yeah, and they made the playoffs. Well, we'll see. Maybe not. <laughs> well, they but were in the playoffs for what playoffs. we're judging. For what we're judging. Exactly, for what we're judging. Um, and then my next two, this is a little biased, but I, I think there's only one guy you should put over. Next should be Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn should be the number two guy. Not um, flashy at all. Like, I wonder how many people really know like, even his name or what he looks like. But obviously, we watched the Heat. He was great as a rookie. Yeah, Excellent. and he, he broke a lot of records. Like I think there was something like, players to come in and combine for like, I don't know what it was, a hundred points in their first three or four games. Like it was him and like Wilt Chamberlain. He had, he had like his first, like the very beginning of the season, he, he was going off and he's still, by the end of the season, he's putting up a number. He put up 16 points a game, three assists um, on 45% shooting with 36 from three. Obviously um, he's not doing as much for his team as John Morant did, but he He still started, he started 64 games and had a very, very solid, yeah. Um, season. So I'm so John. So Kendrick Nunn should be next. John, who do you have as, as number three, though? Yeah. So number three, this one's where it gets tough because go. It just goes back to the theme of this episode. And when you're picking your awards, what's the criteria? So here is it. You know who had the best rookie season, or is it who is just the best rookie? You know because 
I think it's tough. Zion obviously was who everyone else picked as number three. Mm-mm. I want to say Tyler Hero because, you know, I'm going with my heart with the Miami Heat. Hero was an, was an electric guard. And if you look at guys in this draft, I just – you look at them and say, like, who has the best future? Obviously, Jaws up there, Zion's up there. But I think Hero, if you redraft this, Hero's going probably. He's definitely top five. I don't probably know. He's, he's got – he was just – he's been so excellent this season. So I, I really want to go with him. But if you get back to just, like, the – you know, rookie of the year. Who who are the best rookies? Zion is. He he is. He's one of the best rookies. I, I would still think you could argue for Jaw, but I would probably give it my tip of my hat to Hero. Brandon Clark also had great numbers for the same Grizzlies team. And yeah. just one more quick point I wanted to throw in. It was so heartbreaking for the New York Knicks and their fans when they <laughs> didn't win this number one pick, right? But it was like, uh, oh, we didn't get Zion, whatever. We got the number three pick. And RJ fell to them. But and I really like RJ. I, it's just I, so at least sad. I liked him. I thought he'd be good, but I mean, it's it's a tough situation when your when your team is just garbage. Yeah, people were saying, oh, you know, RJ might be the better Duke player. Remember when that, that argument was going around? And now, just like, oh my gosh, like not only do they miss out on Zion, KD, and Anthony Davis and Kyrie, like all these guys they said they'd get, it was like the fact that they didn't get the number two pick. Jaw would have been so great in Madison Square Garden for those oh Knicks goodness. fans. He would have, and, and like even if they would have been garbage, but would have had something to watch every night, that would have been that, so good. Oh huge. my goodness, I didn't even it's think just about that. Another heartbreak to see like New York Knicks fans. Not well, only of course, they time, didn't. They didn't, they didn't get the second pick. They got the third. You know, the and third. They missed out. It was like a really a two-player draft. And there's another point to make about these two guys. We see Zion and John Morant are you know the number one pick and the number two pick in this draft as the Rookie of the Year candidates. And number three, undrafted to the Miami Heat, baby, Kendrick Nunn. So, love to see it. Of course. And I think what's going to end up happening is the top three in voting. Actually, I don't know who the third was. It was Jaw, Kendrick Nunn. Who's the other guy? Because they are, NBA already released. Like, who Zion. It's Zion. Oh, it was Zion. That's so stupid. Yeah. So stupid. Okay, because I'm thinking in my head, it should really be either one Heat player and two Grizzlies or two, or, and, or two Heat players and one Grizzly, in my yeah. opinion. So I think Brandon Clark and Tyler Hero like the toss-up. Zion played 19 games. He should not be qual- he should not even qualify. Anyway, John, next up we have most improved. This is another one that there's a lot of like like really a ton of names that you could throw out there. Even a guy like another, you know, of course, to to give credit to our Miami Heat, their favorite team. Um, to, to a guy like Duncan Robinson, who went from nothing to like now yeah. he's literally the best shooter in the league. And he wasn't um, really even in the conversation. Though. And he's yeah, he's not he's not even in the conversation. But his so, advanced statistics are unreal, which we're not going to get into, but he's so valuable to, to our team. He is. He is. And he's, he's literally uh, one of the best. I mean, right now, his, his three-point percentage is top five all time. Right. In the only NBA. like, I think it's like only Curry has a better percentage after shooting like the Well, he actually, he beat out Curry. He's, he's better than Curry. He's like, he's a, they're like very close, but, but Curry's obviously shot a ton more shots than him. Anyway. Yeah. A guy like Duncan Robinson is not even going to get looks for most improved. So, John, who do you have as most improved this season? So, the top three guys are Luka, Ingram, and Bam. That, that according to the, you know, the league and whatever, that they got the most votes. Those are the three candidates. Mm-hmm. But there still are so many guys down the line. You just named Robinson, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie. But there's one in particular that, to me, like, I, I'm shocked. It, it's kind of mind-boggling because you look at last year's, you know, the template, right? This is another – criteria where you can go any different way you can go was the guy horrible from went from being nothing to like being a solid guy did this guy go from being a solid guy to an mvp player or what and that's what siakam did last season and the guy that i'm thinking of that did that is Devontae graham who luka Doncic, who was number one of the three guys 
Doncic said, don't give it to me. You know, I shouldn't even be one of the candidates. It should be Devontae Graham. Luca's really? being humble, by the way. Luca's just being humble, and it's sweet, no, Luca. But guess what? It you is, but, but you can be humble, but the fact that he called out a name of another guy is more than just humility, okay? Oh, Luka's I love that. Just, I love that for Luca and for okay. Devontae. <laughs> Devontae, 2019 season, averaged 4.7 points and 2.6 assists. So he was not very great at all. He went to averaging 18.2 and 7.5 assists. That's like borderline all-star. Like, obviously, he was on a very bad team. But, like, you know. I mean, I wouldn't say borderline all-star because he wasn't. In, he wasn't but seven points being an all-star. Six. No, he has very, very impressive stats, no doubt. Like, that, to me, that's a, Like, if you told me, oh, he jumped from 4.7 to 18. Okay, like. So, so you're the, picking Devontae Graham? I mean, like, I, I don't feel too strongly about it. Like, I think these are all great options. But at the end of the day, I think I'm going to end up going with Brandon Ingram. Okay. And I'm going with partly, like, just being on a winning team and being, like, valuable as well. I'm, I'm factoring that in. And to me, just the switching the teams for him, you know, he was averaging 15 points per game, you know, in his first three years of his career with the Lakers. He comes to the, to the um, Pelicans. Everyone thinks it's about Zion. Remember, there was a whole thing where the deal almost fell through for Davis because he had, like, blood clots in his, in his legs Dude, and whatnot. Thank God he got healthy. I mean. And Ingram ends up going to the Pelicans and was in, was in, uh, ended up being an all-star. Yeah. Averaging 24 points per game. And you could argue was a better Pelican. Obviously, Zion played 19 games. But <laughs> that, that team has a great future. And Ingram was incredible. With Luca, to me, it's like the reason I can't put him is like I, I saw this on Twitter. I, I, I forget who I'm supposed to credit for this. I can't remember which. I think it might have been Kendrick Perkins, honestly, who Perkins does make a lot of like kind of whack points sometimes for TV purposes. But this is one was a good one. He's like, oh, so you're going to give LeBron and KD, like are you going to go back and give them the most improved player, you know, in their second year, a season in the league? Like, well, here's why I disagree with because, that. Let's just look at let, just really quickly. Um, LeBron went from averaging 20 points per game to 27 in his second season. Okay. So Luca did a similar thing. Luca was rookie there. He was great. He's averaging 21, 22 a game. And he goes up to averaging 28, 29 this season. Okay. So to me, it's like, yeah, he improved a lot, obviously, if you just look at sheer stats, but it's like, we're expecting him to make these jumps. He made a bigger jump than we expected. But to me, it's more about like this kind of coach of the year, the unexpected guy coming through and doing very well when no one expected him to. Okay. okay, sure. And once again, this see this season especially, there's a ton of improved players that we could give. We could really make the argument for them. Um, shout out to our guy Bam. Bam is actually who I have number two on my list. Number um, one, okay. I do not have Ingram. I have number one is Luca. And here's why: I do not agree with that thing. Oh, should we have given it to LeBron and KD their second seasons? No, because Luca is having the best second season that anyone has ever had in the history of the NBA. He's the best 20-year-old or 21-year-old, however you want to slice it. He's the best at that age that we've seen. His, what he's doing, not only his numbers, but as far as um, how it's translating to wins for his team, and he's creating a lot of wins. He's creating the number one offense of all time, apparently. Um, right, offensive. And rating. so those are the two. Are, uh, numbers and winning, like, I think Lucas should get it, get the nod. But if you actually look at what he's done with most improved, so what was he last season and what was he this season? Last season, he was probably still, I don't know if you'd say top 30 in the NBA. Maybe he was top 30. Let's say he's close to top, he's between 25 and 30 last season in the NBA. I mean, by last season, let me just say, he had the number one trade value. Him and Giannis. No. 
Giannis, then him. But that doesn't matter, dude. That doesn't matter. He's still I'm just improved. saying it's potential. We knew he had this potential. Like he could Ingram he was like Ingram. I I would be more. I was more shocked if you told me Ingram was an All Star than if he was out of the league. We're hearing all this stuff about his blood clots and. But guess what? You wouldn't Lakers. expect Luca to be in MVP conversations, and he was for I, a lot of the season. He's gonna to he's gonna finish top five in MVP, and Luca could have came back this season and averaged like twenty four seven and seven, and we would have been like, oh my god. That's a, that's a yeah, job. Like, great job, Luca. Guess what? He did twenty nine nine and nine, which right. is really like in all. That's a that's a that's a career year for most players. But yeah. for Luca, um, he's excellent. That was the second no season, so he's. I think he's the most improved. I don't really f- uh, buy the argument that because he was rookie of the year last year, he can't win it. He's went from oh, being good. He was he being good to to like transcendent, literally, like literally transcendent. And with a lot of these guys, you expect it to be like from like a bad player to being a good player. Luka's yeah. been from good to freaking great. So Again, I mean, LeBron right. James did the same thing and hit from his rookie year. Well, to no, but he, but he still didn't, though. He but did because did. he, he didn't win. They didn't win as much. And okay, Luka, he didn't have the same numbers. Team. Not as great of a team, but we're not getting into that. He went from like 20 to 27, but you know who won it instead? Bobby Simmons. And as much basketball information as I know, I don't even know who that guy is, but he was a 2005 <laughs> yeah. most improved player. And I just think, again, like, expectations we expected him yeah i expected him to look like this in his third or fourth season not a second no he did not Still. even you probably expected him like his fifth season dude. No, no 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 i expect i mean he was doing nearly this last season like 21 like you know seven and six about yeah, and he went to 29, 99. So still yeah. that's still pretty that's pretty far anyway, we'll just agree to disagree yeah, there agree to disagree i think luca's gonna win it by the way all right next up this is our last one six man of the year and this one we definitely I think both of us have taken up some issues here because number one, our man Goran Dragic was not one of the dudes there. Yeah, Alex, give me your top three right now. Just to tell you what the voters have top three for the candidates. Dennis Schroeder from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Lou Williams, who's going for his third six-man of the year award from the Los Angeles Clippers. And Montrez Harrell from also the Los Angeles Clippers. Alex, who are you going with? So... I just don't get how this award is called the sixth man of the year, which by definition, every team has one sixth man of, uh, on their team. There's, there's starters, there's five starters, and then the next guy is the sixth man, right? How does one team have two sixth men? It doesn't make sense. That's, that One of them is the seventh man. So by default, not Montrez and Lou Williams cannot both be on this list. So that's yeah. my problem there. I'm, I'm a little salty that it's, they're both. Uh, top three, and I, and I think we saw it a few years no ago. Love. I think one year Eric Gordon and Lou Williams were top three Both for the Rockets on the yeah. Rockets, and but I still don't really get it. I think Goran deserved more credit than he got, but um, the guy that I'm picking, Goran put up very similar numbers, but um, is Dennis Schroeder. I think Dennis Schroeder should win it. He's averaging 19 points, almost four rebounds, and four assists. On 47% shooting from the field and 38% from three. So, numbers, you got them. Like, off the bench, those are probably the best numbers in the league. But if you look at advanced things and actually how he's contributed to his team's winning, we've already mentioned how OKC was a team that not a lot of people expected to be good. And someone who deserves a lot of credit uh, alongside Chris Paul and Billy Donovan is Dennis Schroeder. Um, the fact that they have the, that three guard lineup that they can put out with with Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, and SGA um, has made them very successful. There's some advanced numbers where it's like when 
they have two of those guys on the court. They're outscoring their opponents by a ton. And like, I should really know what the stat is, but I can't remember when I saw it or what it was from. But Dennis Schroeder is very, very valuable yeah. to go back to the you know value argument. He's very valuable to his team. And right now, um, he had to leave the bubble. So it's going to be tough for them. Hopefully, he can come back soon and, and, and help them make a playoff run. I, 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 know, I don't know what the reason was, but I think Dennis Schroeder should be the sixth man yeah. of the year. Um, I just think it makes way more sense to give it to him than to give it to Montrez Harrell or Lou Williams, who are both on the same team. It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, as much as I hate to agree with you here, Alex, on, on, our, on double take, I have, to, <laughs> I have to because to me, yeah, it's, it's also counterintuitive. Like, six, it, So if one of them wins sixth man, then one of them was clearly the seventh man. <laughs> so then how are they not? I don't know. It's weird, and it, it, it gets into the whole, again, criteria and whatnot. And I guess technically they're just saying best bench players. And they're saying, well, Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams were both the best bench players, even though they're on the same team. But I don't know. I guess getting into the wording of sixth man of the year, it gets weird. But whatever. So for that reason, I'm also going with Schroeder. You know, I loved OKC this year again, and they were very weird and actually good. And like, I picked Donovan for coach of the year. But, you know, Dragic, very similar numbers to Lou Williams. Like, if you look at them, they're very close off by a few like percentage points. Yeah, Dragic, Dragic, rebound is, 16, Dragic is 16, uh, three rebounds and five assists. But and, and Lou, I, I guess they have very, very, both of those guys are just very valuable. They're probably their third best player on each of their teams. Um, or yeah, something like that. So, so you know, I, I don't know. I, I get it, I guess, because Harold and Williams both had great seasons, but it also gets to a point where I'm like, you know, like like Crawford, I guess, was just like the you know the all time like well known just six man. He was always on the bench, but the truth and and Lou Williams about to win his third, I guess, and it's similar here. Like, there's a point where you're just not a six man anymore. Like. You know, like, well, I get, I guess it's like fit and it's just like, you like having these guys on the bench and I get it because Kendrick Nunn starting over Dragic on our team too. But Williams is just so good. It's like, it's very weird. These guys. Oh no, I disagree. I disagree. Niche with you. off the bench. But it's you know? not about if you're, if you're too good, you shouldn't be off the bench. No, it's I'm, like, I'm that's not, the way it fits. I, I, I agree. And, and that's why they start, you know, Beverly, Paul George and Kawhi. And, and Zubac and Landry and, Shamit sometimes, yeah. but now it's now so, another line of change. I get it, but it's just like, come on, like start Lou Williams. It's, it gets to a point where, like, what I mean, whatever, it works no. for them, it works for them, but again, makes zero sense to have two guys from the same team because it's not the sixth and seventh man of the year award. So, whatever, correct, yeah. So, you know, maybe they should add a seventh man of the year and then then Montrez or Lou can get the whoever yeah. doesn't. That's get the only way it would work out, honestly, yeah, for real. All right, well, Adam Silver. You know what to do. Do something about it. But that's all for today. We This was a long episode. We, we knocked out our NBA awards. Finally able to get it done after, you know. The, I mean, the document yeah. kept changing. I wrote double take 15, double take 16, 17. And eventually, we got a double take 18. Yeah. Um, but Episode 18. But next up, we should have, you know, 19 and 20 coming very soon. And yeah. we're going to get into our playoff preview. I'm very excited about. Oh, yeah. I know. Playoff matchups. It's long overdue. And you know what else is long overdue? Going through a LeBron James playoff matchup. So we haven't seen oh this in boy. over two years. LeBron's been wow. up in the playoffs for over two years. So we're not overreacting that the Lakers haven't been too great in these eight games in the bubble. But I can't wait for that episode coming up soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the next time we do, we'll probably be talking about the, um, the playing games. Yep. But All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. It's been a great one. As always, go Heat. Peace out.